suffering and like growing up in a family that had limited or no resources, you know, like how do you get into an abundant mindset when all you have known is scarcity in real time? How do you transfer that into an abundance mindset and reclaiming what's yours? You're listening to Let's Be Omnist, the show where we are celebrating spiritual diversity, one truth, and one story at a time. I'm your host, Michael Anthony, spiritual life coach and intuitive reader from thedivinerlife.com. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9. Today, I am sharing my soulful conversation with the mystical minister, Shauna Williams, as we talk all about the magic and healing that she brings into the world. Shauna's work sets you free from body shame through spiritual awakening and teaches you how to be who you are wherever you are. She specializes in body consciousness and transformational coaching, breath work, sexual advocacy and healing, spiritual teachings, energy healing, movement practices, and shifting the story of shame within people. Shauna has supported many individuals over the years in setting themselves free from their own imprisonment. She is an expert through educational, professional, and personal experience. The list says she studied social work at Lipscomb University, started working in substance abuse and mental health in 2010. She's an ordained minister and has coached hundreds of people since 2005. She holds several certifications and trainings in alternative therapy modalities such as ADEPT training, Reiki, motivational interviewing, transformational coaching, etc., And she is a certified transformational breath facilitator, an initiated teacher of light, and a high priestess under Hierarchy of Light Ministry School lineage. Whoa, that is so many things, and I am so proud of Shauna for integrating every single one of these things into all that she does. In this episode of Let's Be Omnist, Shauna tells us what people experience in her Total Freedom Protocol, what expressing sexuality can do for you, as well as the importance of speaking up and holding space for equality. Now grab yourself a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, a cup of whatever you like, because in the spirit of truth and honesty, here's my conversation with Shauna Williams. So welcome, Shauna, to Let's Be Omnis. I am so excited to have you here. How are you doing? Uh, I am so happy to be here, and I am doing... Fabulous. How are you? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much. So I have already told the listeners all about who you are as far as like your quote unquote bio goes, but I would love for them to hear from you a little bit about who you are, what you do and what's your thing. So let's start off there. Yeah. So I am a free while mystical, spiritual, healing vessel, woman, being, person, all the things, teacher. And um, how I live my life is a testament to the medicine that I provide in the world. And I fully embody those things. And so I show up in the world as a teacher, as um, a facilitator, as a guide. And I do that in many ways. And three of those ways is through my coaching program, Total Freedom Protocol. Another way is through my school, Mystic Rebel Academy, and then through the workshops that I have live wherever I am. Okay. I love all of the descriptions that you used, specifically (laughs) because they were so confident and they were so like, I know who I am. 
which I think is one of the things that really drew me to you initially was like, wow, she feels empowered and empowering all at the same time. Like you have so much to give, but you can tell that you give it to yourself back. And that's so, I just love that. Pot tap, pot tap. So um, before we dive into all of those super cool things that you do, I want to give the listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit better, a little bit deeper. So we're going to play a quick game of two truths and a lie. How's that sound? Sounds great. Cool. So whenever you're ready, you're going to list off three items And I will guess which one of those three is a lie. Okay. I am currently in a leopard onesie. I have a sexual pleasure practice that I do daily. And I teach other people how to have a sexual pleasure practice in their lives. I'm suddenly now questioning what this pattern is on your your (laughs) onesie is. So I'm going to say that the lie is leopard because I don't think that that's leopard. <laughs> I'm going to say it may be a leopard, but I've been calling it a tiger. So, but that is the lie. That's the lie. For the listeners, I would just like to clarify that there is not a single stripe on this onesie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there is twinkle lights and definitely a onesie. So in case you didn't understand the paw tapping earlier, it's the onesie. There we go. Uh, <laughs> For clarity, you said your two truths were that you have a daily sexual pleasure um, ritual. Did you use the word ritual? I called it practice ritual. Yeah. Okay. And that you also help other people do this was your other one. So let's just dive in and find out what that's about. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it can be anything that gets my sacral area my womb area my pussy humming so it's like I'm in that vein it can be like sensual movement it can be that I'm literally doing yoni steaming a yoni egg I can do a womb massage I can do like a chest breast massage I can just like breathe into my womb space but time connecting into that power which is the power And then I support other people in discovering it for themselves. I teach people how to do the yoni egg practice. I do guided meditations for people with the yoni egg practice. And also just tapping into that sacral energy. Can I tell you a funny story about yoni eggs for a quick second? Yes. Um, Well, actually, let me, before I do that, can you explain for the listeners who might not know what that is, what a yoni egg is? Because it'll make this story funnier. Okay. Yes. So yoni eggs is an ancient, ancient tool of healing, of empowerment, of connecting. And it's, it's usually a crystal or stone. So there's obsidian, there's rose, there's the most common jade. And I use those three. And mainly with my clients, I use the jade egg and it's literally an egg shape um, crystal that you can have drilled or undrilled in a Vagina owners, I I hope that you get the ones that you can put the string into because it makes things easier. And you just, you use it for the healing properties. Oh, that's actually really interesting. I never thought, as a um, non-vagina owner, um, I didn't think about the uh, removal process. So that's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so (laughs) the funny story is I have actually purchased uh, quite a handful of yoni eggs in the past and um, I actually bought them at a thrift store and so I was in a thrift store and they were like in this beautiful wooden bowl 
And I said to the owner, like, it's, I wasn't expecting to find crystals. And I was like, oh my gosh, like how much are these? And he was like, oh, like, I don't really know. Someone dropped them off like a dollar piece. And I was like, oh my gosh, for these huge chunks of crystal. Heck yeah. I bought the whole bowl. I set up what I thought was like a cute little crystal bird's nest. And months later, someone was like, oh, why do you have yoni eggs? Like, do men use them? And I was like, what's a yoni egg? And I Googled (laughs) it and I was like, I bought these at a thrift store. I bought somebody's yoni eggs at a thrift store. Used and cleaned. I I mean, good thing I have like an intense like crystal cleansing practice with like salt water and stuff. Because I was like, at least I rinsed them. Like, I don't know. But anyway, so um, that's super interesting. (laughs) Do you primarily teach, um, and I'm only asking this because you mentioned like yoni steaming, womb space, breast massage. Do you primarily find yourself teaching female identifying people or do you also work with men in this practice? Right. So I have a large, the large majority of the people who come to me are female bodied and like vagina owners, but I work in a largely queer space. So a lot of non-binary people, I do have like queer men that come to me and we just access that in a different way. I mean, like also like there's massages that you can do. Like you can still do chest massages as like a male body person. You can get the lingam, which is like the spiritual term for penis involved. Like they're everything, like all of the, the sensual areas we can turn those on to and tap into that sacral energy for all, all people. And that's truly what it's for. And can you tell me what is usually like the goal of this process? What are you really trying to achieve by tapping into this space? Right. So a lot of like sacred sexual people are the, there's this huge movement about like sexuality and like sexual freedom. For me, the people who come to me are the people who have had imprisonment and restriction in their body. I have a lot of people that come to me that are sexual, sexual victims, like sexual assault victims, rape victims and molestation and things like that. Or people who are like, I don't know how to fully access my pleasure centers. And I want to be able to have that ability. So it's to all to empower people to access the pleasure that's in their body and to also heal the, the wounds that are, are, um, sacred sensual organs take on through different unfortunate events. Hmm. Okay. I appreciate that like liberation that you're bringing to people. Um, listeners of the show know that I, I mean, my most listened to episode is very based in like the physical body and um, sexuality. So that's something certainly that's resonating with people. I think that's super important. Let's rewind the clock a little bit and find out like, how did Shauna get here? So like, what is your story? What brought you here? How did all of that kind of come into play in your life? Yeah. So I, last year in March, came out with the book, um, A Spiritual Magic of a Queer POC, which talks a little bit about my book, which is available on Amazon. And you can get there. (laughs) (laughs) But I speak on a lot of the sexual trauma that I endured as a child and a lot of the religious shame that I collected as a child, a teenager, even into like my early 20s, and that I was able to like cleanse myself of that kept me prisoner in my own sexuality. I mean, like as a teenager, I took all of those like celibacy oaths because I'm from the South and that's what we do. You know, Mm -hmm. like we we take celibacy oaths 
sex is the devil, everything is evil. But all the while I was, I was being inundated with this information in the church, but I had so many people taking advantage of my body and misusing my body. And I was a sexual assault victim from super little. I talk about in my book being like a child prostitute at the age of eight, because there was, there was, um, my family was very poor. We were disjointed at this time in my life. I was staying with my father who my mom, we had been taken away from her because of her drug addiction. And we were with my dad and he worked all the time. And I felt this sense of responsibility, even at eight years old, to be able to provide and to take care of my brother as if he was my own. And there was this molester man that was like 60, 70, that would molest little girls, maybe little boys and give them money. And so like at eight years old, I had that energy of like shame and feeling like, my body is only like it's only worth is through my my sexual organs and through that value. And so I carried that for a long time until I was in a relationship at like 18. And I was like, I don't know how to connect with this person outside of sex. Like, I don't know how I don't like I don't identify with any other avenue of value or worth within myself except for what I offer through sex. And my partner at the time was like, hey girl, like, this is not all that I want from you. So that was like when I started to heal my sexual wounds was in that relationship because I had to identify like my whole self and I had to identify like what else I brought out into the world and also reclaim my body. Cause my body was not my own. I was very disconnected from my body. And that's why like movement and dance and like being into that and like really being doing my sexual pleasure practices every day is like essential for me because for so long in my life until I was 18 years old, I wasn't in my body. My body was not mine. So that whole journey for me has like created me being this fully expressed sexually, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. And that's just one part of my story to speak into the sexual part and um, to be to be free. And I see so many other people, a lot of the clients that come to me are like, hey, we see this in you. We know that we can get there. Can you please support me in getting there? Even if they don't know the words or have the words for it. So that does that answer your question? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, what I love so much and um, the more that I focus and I, I guess I try to find it, the more I'm seeing it is I'm noticing that when I talk to my guests, it always turns out that there's this idea of what used to cause you pain or what was like one of the biggest traumas that you've experienced or, um, and sometimes it's, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily always have to be a trauma. It can be something fairly small it ends up being the same medicine that they then give to others um, and I, I just really love that you have really alchemized that in such a profound way. Like it, cause it wasn't just something small, right. It wasn't just, you know, this one little hiccup thing that happened at when you were an adult and you could process it. Like this is a lifetime situation. So thank you first and foremost for choosing to own that power and to change it into something so beautiful needs to be said. Um, I'm interested then how something so physical body and um, visceral and real and tangible then connects you to the spiritual. Can you tell me for you, are those just one in the same or was there at some point in time where you had to bridge the two? Yeah. So speaking into the, like the thing that could have 
could have broken us was actually the thing that mended us and created our medicine that we bring out into the world. That's my story in every single way. Nothing that I bring into the world is medicine. Like I haven't gone through it. I haven't walked in the shoes. So like spirit was very clear to me that like my medicine is through a me walking in those shoes in this lifetime. And then like the magic and the medicine and the spiritual aspect of it. So it's like every single part has been that. So for me, there hasn't been anything that's been disconnected. Like it's all physical is the same mental, emotional, spiritual, sexual, like it's all connected. The separation and the disease of this world is that they have to be separated, but in truth, it's all connected. So when we get out of the disease cycle of it and realize that it's all connected, it is. And so for me, like sexuality, people sometimes are like, what? When I say what I'm about to say, but I literally bring God into the bedroom before I sleep with my partner. I pray like before I like go to where I'm going or getting ready to have like some pleasure field experience. I bring God in, like I do my rituals and I like invite our higher selves into the bedroom because it's like, I don't want to be fucking with your shadows. You know what I'm saying? Like I want it to be, (laughs) I want it to be the best healing experience for us all. I am shook. I am taken aback. That phrase hit me so hard in the heart. I fell out of my chair. I fell out of my chair. (laughs) Okay. Let's just bring all that together. So you're telling me you're like on a casual date. Maybe someone comes home with you and you're like, oh, great. Things getting hot and heavy. Let me call upon the spirit. Literally a call upon. And I mean, like if I know, because intuition, like impact, like, you know, where things are going. It's not just like things don't just happen. Like it may seem like it in the moment, but like, I know I'm like, okay, before I even go on a date, I'm bringing spirit in, you know? So like I call up on the hierarchy of light, my holy ancestors, my, my spirit guides, my higher self, the higher self of the person that I'm going to see their spirit guides, like allow this to be a pleasure filled night where we are healing and bringing light to each other, you know? So beautiful. Also, uh, obviously these are not the ancestors you're talking about, but I recently was watching the trailer for the new Mulan movie. Oh, yes. And I remembered in the Disney one where Mulan and the man in the movie proposes to her and all of her like spirit ancestors are like cheering from the temple because they're watching. And then when you called in your ancestors, I was like, mm, there are so many things I do not want to call my ancestors in to be watching me. Mm. <laughs> So like that was the Im- that was the image I saw in my head and not to like I'm of course not trying to make your spirituality like humorous but uh it's I was like oh ancestors hold on mm, all right I think I'm going to start asking them to step outside <laughs> beforehand bless the situation you are more than welcome to do it from outside the door just be here thank you for the healing Okay. (laughs) So how do you then teach this to other people? Like, what does that process look like for you? Yeah. So the, the, the greatest container that I do this work in is in my total freedom protocol program, which is the 90 day container, which I work intimately with people. And so we really trace the roots of like their childhood and what's been happening and how it's been manifesting in their present reality. I have, I studied social work in school. I worked in mental health for 10 years. Like I'm very well trained in this aspect of 
mental health and of the whole person. So I'm not just someone who was like, oh, I, I saw this on a podcast. I'm going to start doing it with people. Like this is sacred work, people. Don't start doing it with people if you don't know what you're doing and then you're not thoroughly trained in it. So I do that with people and it'll come out in that. And I mean, even in first sessions with people within our first week of working together, they'll bring up stuff that's just been bubbling that they haven't been able to tell people about. And so like, I'll do some ritual work around it. So that's where the beauty of the all comes in. So I'll bring in some ritual work around it. We'll do clearing work, energy work, prayer work to support them. We'll do like physical, like how to get them back into their body. So we add in that physical movement portion because a lot of people neglect their bodies because they don't know how to process the trauma. Then the emotional and mental, we like, I hold space for them to cry. I hold space for them to like be able to speak it out. And sometimes Michael, the beautiful thing is, is that I have like a somatic an integrative modality that I use, which is transformational breath work. And that supports, I have different points on the body that I can use to support with sexual healing. And they don't even have to relive the trauma in order to heal it. And I believe that that's where some of the most powerful work comes in because why re-traumatize yourself by going through it again, when we can get to the root of it, kind of take away some of the charge. And then if you would like to discuss it from a space of empowerment, let's discuss it. And I'm here to discuss it with you. So that's how I bring it in for that component in that piece. And then I do the seductive art of sexual liberation, going beyond gender to be tuned in and turned on. So that's a weekend immersion, which I have one coming up in May in Delray Beach, Florida, and then one coming up in August here in Asheville. Okay. And I did see the really artistic, fun, video that you shared about that seductive art of sexual liberation. Yeah. Can we talk about, so it's a whole weekend event? Yeah. Friday to Sunday. And what do you do for three days that is like, it's okay. And here's why I'm very specifically calling out the video because I remember it. If I remember it correctly, it's several people and they are saying things like sexuality intimacy they're saying like a word that i was like oh what is this art piece right here and then i found out that it was like a workshop and i was like oh man hold on this is real interesting so tell me what you're gonna do i mean you don't have to like give it all away but like what is the three-day event about right so this three-day event is on friday we open up and we go into the opening ceremony like after introductions introducing intentions all of that stuff we go into an opening ceremony that's literally giving the people the ability to like go back into the womb right and so then they're coming out on the other side and the issue is is in this lifetime we have been identified before we can even identify ourselves. That's why so many people are, it's seemingly seeming like people are coming out as trans, but it's always been their truth. And so we've been identified by our what's on our chest, what's in between our legs. But like, if you were given the freedom to choose how you wanted to move in this world, how would you do that? And so it's to liberate people into being able to stand in that liberation of like going beyond their gender, going beyond their parts, healing the wounds of the masculine, the wounds of the the feminine and all of that, introducing more talk on the masculine and feminine energy, but in all and how it leads to the higher self. And not that these are the only two parts. And these two energies have nothing to do with your genitals. They are energies that are supportive. And like, 
opposites, if you will, but also they very much so work together. So we talk about that. I do, I go through an emotional cord cutting ceremony to support in the wounds that have happened in our bodies. We do um, some sensual movement, which I teach like a very seductive style dance that people get to move through. I have this invitation of them being able to express themselves. It's like a little secretive at the end of the night. That's really beautiful. And then we move through on Sunday, a very androgynous flow. So there's going to be lecture, there's going to be experiential, there's going to be dance and embodiment, and there's going to be like spiritual alchemy that's happening throughout the time. So it's very beautifully laid out to support and taking every single person that's there on this journey. And it's kind of like doing in three days what I kind of do with people in 90 days, right? Which it's, it's like creating that container of very intensive light. We're going to cry. We're going to laugh. We're going to have fun. We're going to heal, but it's like real shit. So like, if you're ready, you come to these three days and knowing that like, I, I operate and move with a grace and gentleness that's fierce as fuck. And so like, that's the energy that I bring. And I'm very happy to facilitate that with people. And so, yeah, that's what we're going to be moving through in those three days. Very full. So something that I love that you mentioned a little bit ago is that you have this history of social work and mental health. And that seems to play a really big role in kind of the way that you address and you speak. I can tell that you speak from a very um, professional way. You know what I mean? You're not just like throwing in all the buzzwords and tossing in all the like Instagrammable items, which is important to me. And just recently, I did an episode with someone about meditation where they said, you know, meditation isn't for everybody. And they were like, because some people have trauma that they're just going to relive in those spaces. So do you find ever in your work that you're working with someone and you kind of have to say, "Mm, pause, let's do this first before we get into this other deeper stuff? Like, do you kind of gauge that um, appropriate level for the people that you work with? Yeah. So I did assessments for about four years in mental health. So like assessing, having an assessment process is very important to me. So I do that before I even start working with people. It's a very like thorough assessment. So I see where they are. And then I also have an initial consult conversation with them to see where they are. The people who are not for me are people who are in in a, like in a mental space where they possibly have like taken themselves off of medication or just very unstable. And they're not in a space to go into the work that we're going to go into, like possibly looking to go on an inpatient basis. Like there, there's a distinction there. There are some people who need that safe haven of, of an inpatient treatment. Like they just experienced rape yesterday you know, Mm -hmm. like that's, they're very sensitive. I can hold space for them. We can have a consult to see where they are and what they need, but there are some people who do need a higher level of care before they come to the level of care that I offer. So I assess that in the beginning, people who are very actively using substances, because that's, that's, that's like the vein. When we talk about like my, my tagline is that I support people in getting out of addictive cycles so that they can live the life that they're called to freed of shame, disconnect, and guilt. So like people come to me that have addictions. And so it can look like substances. It can look like 
sex. It can look like gambling. It can look like overspending. It can look like obsessive thoughts and self-sabotaging and limiting behaviors. Like it's not just the outright addictions. They're, mm-hmm. They can be very subtle. And so it just depends on where they are in that, in that area. But the number one deciding factor is how willing are you? Because I'm going to show up 110%. I want you to meet me the same way. And then that way we can soar together. But people who are kind of like half in, half out will not benefit from the work that I do and what I offer. Okay, perfect. I'm actually really happy to hear that. And I knew that was going to be the answer, but I just wanted to make sure that listeners had the chance to hear it from you as well. Um, because I definitely get the vibe that you are, um, I guess the word I want to kind of use is like careful or cautious. Like you're very aware and you're very sensitive, it seems, to individual needs because this work you're doing is one-on-one, correct? These 90-day programs are like you and someone else doing whatever you and that someone else needs. Absolutely. And there's this world of like everybody moving into more group but this work that I do is like, if we, we need to be just like this face to face, either on zoom or in person. So, yeah. And so does that mean that you don't just work with people nearby you? You're also working with people outside of your space. Correct. That's the majority of the people that I work with. I do a lot of workshops here at home because I just moved to Asheville a few months ago, but most of the people that I work with in the container total freedom are in other places. And we meet on zoom. That is so Great. That's really, yeah. really awesome to hear, especially because I know, like I said, you're also doing these weekend immersions and you're, you know, doing hands-on things. And so I just wanted to make sure that I clarified this isn't just for people in Asheville or whatever city you happen to be visiting, it's anywhere and everywhere. So if you're not talking about, um, you know, sexuality, if you're not talking about substance addiction, is there um, any other common threads or like what are some other real life examples of what of what you're working with? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll give a few, I'll give three. So one is that people will come to me that feel like they're imprisoned in their body. Like they're very self-conscious. They look in the mirror, they can't figure out what they want to wear day in and day out because they're like, Oh my gosh, I don't like my body in this. Or they feel very insecure in their relationship because they have an unhealthy relationship with their body. Mm. So people come to me with that people who are in an unhealthy relationship cycle, like they continuously see themselves repeating the same habits in relationships and it's creating like this victimization and they're ready to stop it, to discontinue it, to transmute into something that's supportive. And then three is people who, and this is like a common thread. This, this third one is in every single person. They have forgotten their magic and their spiritual calling and their divinity, and they're looking for a way to reground into it and to be able to go forth in their power. And that's like if if I had a if I was like this person with a magic wand and that that was like oh ding I, I support you with this and now you have this. It's that it's being able to like remind people of their power and to move forward in their divinity and in their spiritual calling and to really activate that within them. And that all happens when we reintegrate and unfragment ourselves from those parts that are sexual, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. That can happen. When would you say that moment happened for you? Mm. If you can pinpoint it. I, I don't know if that's something you've really thought about or... Yeah, for me, it's kind of when I 
awakened to the reality that every single thing that I had gone to is my medicine, gone through is my medicine. Like me struggling with drug addiction and then going to rehab at 18, me struggling with bulimia and food and then like recovering at 20, me like suffering and like growing up in a family that had limited or no resources, you know, like how do you get into an abundant mindset when all you have known is scarcity in real time? How do you transfer that into an abundance mindset and reclaiming what's yours? And, um, and then like, how do I get out of being this very dependent upon the church and Jesus and this like inbred spirituality into like my own spiritual like calling and like connection and that's when like that's in supporting people and freeing themselves from the religious shame that they grew up in and being able to reclaim and recall their own way of connecting with spirit is because like I went through that like de like decluttering myself and really being able to be in a playful space of discovery with like who is God to me like how do I want my relationship with God to be what else is the spiritual support? Obviously I've done like years of initiations and all of that stuff through the ancient mystery school that I'm in, but it's like having a playfulness with spirituality instead of like the strict rigidity that religion brings, like being able to be playful. And I think that like bringing that energy in really allowed me to then like almost be like suctioned up into a higher elevation of my experience here in this lifetime. Mm. So you use the word higher and you also, we've mentioned, like, I personally perceive you as this very sensitive, intuitive person. Do you feel like, and this is kind of like a 50-50 question for people, so I'm curious what side you're on. Do you feel like you kind of live in that space pretty regularly, like this super sensitive, higher awareness, tapped in, tuned in space? all the time or do you really need time to like bring yourself down and like live in the the grounded space <laughs> does that make sense it does it does and i think that i am well planted and grounded and also very highly connected like i live in both i live in both spaces truly you know like i'm not just here flying around like war isn't real. Only love is real. I'm very clear on what's happening and I'm very active in my community and being an activist in that way. And I'm not just like so here that I can't see what else is real beyond this physical experience. And I think that my entire experience in this lifetime so far has really supported me in being able to be both. Mm. Do you find that there's um, any practices, rituals, like daily things that you do that really kind of help you maintain that balance? Yeah. Yeah. It's that I literally do grounding practices and I do higher connecting practices. So I do both of these practices to support in that integration. So I'll do breath work. I'll do um, dance and movement, which really gets me in my body. I'll do my calling upon in my prayers and my protection prayers to support and nobody else's energy getting in because I can be empathic. I can feel into your energy, but your energy does not have the right to intrude or penetrate what I have going on. Like it, that's just not so. So like I do those practices and I really connect with nature, which is one of the reasons why I moved here to Asheville. So yeah, I have daily rituals, which I'm like so disciplined and committed to. 
that supports that full integration. Are these things that you also teach to your Total Freedom Protocol clients, uh, or is this something where it's like way too woo-woo, energetic, spiritual for the clients you deal with? Right. So it's kind of the, the spiritual practices is where I do use that, like, okay, where are they right now? You know, like, where are you coming to me? And let's start this practice. I don't want to be like, you need to sit and meditate and breathe for 30 minutes. You need to call in this particular person, even though you don't know who they are. You need to buy this card deck, you know? No. It's like, where are you? Okay. Let's maybe meditate for five minutes or let's do a walking meditation for five minutes. I study Buddhism was almost a Buddhist teacher. So like I have that portion in me. And so I just really meet people where they are. That's where that social worker aspect comes in. It's like, okay, where are you right now? And then we evolve. Like they can come to me with like, I haven't been able to consistently meditate and that's something that I desire. So we support them with getting them consistently meditating. And then they're like, okay, I'm ready to start doing some ritual magic and spells and like all of that stuff. And I'm like, okay, so let's move into that. No one person are we doing the same thing with to support them in their spiritual evolution. And so in this window of time, because it's 90 days, right? So you said three months. Mm-hmm. Do you find that it's really common for a lot of people to eventually be like, I'm really curious about this further side of spirituality? Or are there some people where they're just like, listen, I just want to be able to wake up, appreciate my body and go to work? So in the beginning of my practice, that's what I was getting. Cause I, in 2005, I started coaching people in physical fitness. Like that was the first thing. And so people would come to me for that. Like I was known to like support people in getting in shape. So when I started to step out on my own and do a 90 day extension in 2017, people came to me to lose weight, you know, but I was like, not only gonna, are you going to lose weight, but I got all this other stuff that we're also going to do, you know? I was going to do some magic surprise. <laughs> then it was just like meditation, meditation, and maybe some prayer work. But like, it was just mainly like spirituality 101, you know, and like really doing that type of stuff. As I evolved, my coaching evolved. And that's like really the, the, the power of this is like, I can't be a coach and a mentor unless I'm constantly evolving and constantly feeding myself. And so as I evolved and my coaching practice evolved, the people that came to me also shifted. Like people weren't just coming to me because they wanted to lose weight. Right. That makes sense. And so now in your current practice, do you find that you do still get people that are like, Hey, I'm just here to lose weight. Or are they like always pushing for that eventual magic? Yeah. I mean, they're always like, and it, so again, it changes between people, but no, that's just like, yeah, I don't know what you're doing here, but I just want to do this, you know, like, cause again, it's in that assessment process. I want to be very upfront with what you're getting into to the ability and capacity of which I can tell you because spirit's going to come in and show up and show out. Right. But like, and what communicate to you, this is what's going to happen. And people they'll like, I have people that are like, okay, Shauna, I'm ready for this because I bring my magic and my ritual to every session that we're doing. So they see me doing it and they see me like fearlessly, just like being out there, like, okay, I'm ready to start doing this, this, and this. And so then we do. That actually makes a lot of sense. Once you said that, the phrasing you used made me think, duh, Michael, of course she's not going to, in her work, never bring the magic when she doesn't even go on a casual date without bringing the magic. So like, 
hello, what are you thinking asking her this question? It's an obvious answer. <laughs> it's a good question, though. And I, like, as, I, as you were unpacking it, I was like, oh, duh. Of course this she does. Like- <laughs> There's no way that she's just like, all right, fine. You want to lose a couple pounds? Okay, fine. I guess we'll do that. <laughs> no, you're going to take those couple pounds. And you're going to turn them into something beautiful. Yes. Yes. That is right. so funny. That. So I really want to ask you, um, just really quickly, I know we touched on it a bit, and it sounds like there's a lot of really beautiful stories within your book, um, Spiritual Magic, of a queer POC. If you don't know what a POC is, Sean and I decided you have to Google it because you're not paying attention. Um, (laughs) So one of the reasons I want to ask you about it is I love that you take what I consider three potentially like conversation, uh, controversial minority groups, right? You're talking magic, you're talking POC, you're talking queer people. And you're like, guess what? When you mix these three things together, it's like, boom, powerful. Do you find that there's, how do I want to word this? I don't expect that there's a lot of it, but do you find that there's any like backlash or controversy or like strange reactions from anybody within one of those sections about like you putting this out there? Right. The, the most people that I got the, the largest feedback from was my family because my family was very quiet, AKA secretive. Mm. And so I'm the first person to speak out things that have been secrets in my family or even things that like my family didn't know because I kept them secret. Um, so that was like the biggest feedback that I got. I get the question that you're asking. And like most of my life, I'm a woman, I'm black, I'm queer. You know, so it's like, wait, are you here for women's rights? Are you here for black rights? Are you here for queer rights? You have to pick a side, right? Mm -hmm. And um, it's usually like between the racial war and the the sexuality gender war, right? And And I'm so sorry, if if you don't mind, I'm going to clarify. The reason I asked, I didn't mean to like stir the pot. I'm asking because when I picked up your book, like page one, I was like, she's not messing around. And I knew that your book was not gentle or soft. It's not like tiptoeing around a subject. And I should have led with that. I'm not just here to stir in the pot. I'm asking because I'm genuinely like, there's no way that this book hit a shelf. And somebody didn't say, okay, she like pushed it. She told me the truth. She made me feel some type of way. Okay. Continue. Right. I didn't want yeah. to make people think I'm just stirring the pot for no reason. <laughs> yeah, but I also don't mind the pot being stirred because sometimes it needs to be, or it's yeah. just burnt. So here we are. <laughs> so the whole line of like being an activist for gay rights, being an activist for, for race, race rights, black people rights, POC rights. Um, I really am like a voice for all because I get to be in this body as all of it. The, the as you said, what you just said, I did have people message me like, what do you mean Jesus is not my religion? Like, cause it's always like, the Christian people that are like real Southern bread. And that's me. That's, those are like my people, right. That will like always be like, wait, you said Jesus in this way. That's not right. You know? So like, those were the biggest people that I would get some controversy from. But again, it's like people were ready to hear what I said in the book, you know, like it needed to be said. It needed to be said in the way that it was said. And it didn't need to be this whole like thousand pages. It needed to be something that was easily digestible people could get and then move forward and do something about it with. Mm. Yeah, that I appreciate that. And I like that 
you're very clear, like I am embodying all of these paths. Like it is who I am. So like you really don't have that moment of like, I'm just going to pick one. Like I'm just going to choose a side. (laughs) Um, And so that's, I just really wanted to make sure that someone out there heard that and they knew like, you don't have to pick a side either. It's fresh on my mind because um, I don't know if you've seen it, if you're on social media or if you follow like the what crazy viral things are happening right now because I love to Google that. (laughs) And right now, specifically this week, is this idea of people of color raising their kids to obviously be against racism, but then like not speaking about homophobia and then like people um, who are gay not teaching their kids about like racism. It's like, hello, you can't like fight hate and still let other hate exist. And I was really surprised to see like the people of one group or another in the comments being like, it's not the same. Right. And I only get one side of it. So like, I don't really get to weigh in. So I was like, I'm going to ask someone who can totally weigh in on both sides and who wrote a book about it and who's spiritual about it and who like is walking and living the truth. Um, Right. So it's just a really interesting thing that I wanted to pick on for a second. (laughs) Yeah. It's wild. It's like, my blackness isn't written as wrong in the Bible, but my queerness is written as wrong in the Bible. My queerness didn't get me enslaved or my ancestors enslaved. My blackness got my ancestors enslaved, you know, it can get me hung today because I, I I'm straight passing, right? Like you can't look at me and be like, Oh, she's definitely queer. I don't have the privilege to be Switzerland. Like, I absolutely don't. Some people do. Some people can come into this world and be have, like, Jewish heritage and background and blood, but they can remove that from them and be able to move through the world with white privilege. You know, like, I can't remove anything from me to have a different experience of privilege than what what this affords me, you know? Um and it's definitely, I, I, I heart Erica had a post and I didn't know, like, I don't, I don't know what's going on in the social media world, but it was that like your queerness does not, um, excuse your racism, you know, mm-hmm. like I get that. And there, and where I'm moving into now, I just got a beautiful space here with two other queer people and it's called the queer magic healing holler. And we're going to do groups, queer magic healing holler, super Southern, super queer, super magical. <laughs> that is so great. <laughs> but we're going to do groups. And like my vision for it is this one group is like having the conversation on race and how to, to be able to evolve and to have racial equity and things like that. And then to be able to bridge the, the, like the separation between queer people and people of color, you know, it's like, it's almost like we can only, if we are the minority population, there can only be one minority population. Right. But it's like, we both have been now we can move through the world queer and be white and have more privilege than you as a black person. And we need to recognize that. Like my queerness does not mean if I'm in a white body that I don't have white privilege, like stop, stop. Mm -hmm. So um, there really doesn't get to be a space for that. And I'm doing a lot of like racial equity awareness work and like really looking at white supremacy and white privilege and all of how like the systems have been created more so against black people and how to rise up 
because sometimes the conversation stops there at like, look at the harm they've done to us. And we just stay pissed off. So it's like how to get to the next part. I want to share this one experience. Yeah. So I'm all about deep diving and being like active participant in the work. And I started doing this, um, I want to say eight week intensive course that's called building bridges where we break up in different groups and caucuses. And we really look at white privilege, white supremacy, classism, racism, capitalism, and all of that. And we have these tough conversations in a mixed group of people. And I mean, like it's intense. I leave and I'm like, I need two days sometimes to like integrate and process. So the one that I experienced was that it was on white privilege and I was sitting in when we were all watching this video talking about different white privileges and different experiences that people of color have had. And at the end, we had to fill out this questionnaire of like score, calculate your score, answer this question five, three or zero. And it's like the more privileged you are, the higher your score will be. And so everybody did this. Everybody accumulated their scores and then you would go stand by the number. So it's like 170 all the way to five, right? And so nothing but white people at 170, nothing but black people at 80 and below. You can't deny that it's real, you know? And that just shook me. And that was one of the days that really took me some time. Like nothing but white people at the higher numbers. In the middle section, there was like one mixed race person. And then the rest were black people with no white people in the lower numbers white privilege is real. So it's like, how willing are you to give up your white privilege to actually be equal and equitable in the world? So that's my soapbox there. I'm into (laughs) all the things, Michael and people. I'm into all the things. I love it. And uh, another reason I wanted to ask you about it is because I think that so many people in the spiritual, new age, metaphysical, light worker, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, healer, whatever title you want to throw on magical people doing work, whatever that work looks like. They are afraid to bring it up. They're afraid to talk about it. They're afraid to talk about the real issues happening in the human experience. And so I wanted to ask you, someone I perceive as doing the work and showing up and not being quiet about it, what would you say to the that community about um, some advice maybe that would inspire them to get up and do something, Um, anybody that inspires you, any work that you've done, like what, what are some of the pieces of advice you could share with those not quite there yet? Yeah. I would say to be fully awake is to be fully aware of what's all happening and not deny it while not being lost in it. You know, like see what's happening Don't get lost in that empathic victimhood. Like, I can't see, I can't see because I just feel too much. Nope, you're here. You can can experience it. You can see it. It's fine. Let's utilize the tools that we have that we support other people with and that we preach. Let's utilize those tools to fully be awake and aware in this life experience. Spiritual bypassing and denial creates an energy of resistance. So you're literally creating the very thing that you're denying. So Mm. let's just not. Great. Thank you. That's perfect. <laughs> I felt it. As soon as you said like, oh, I'm too empathetic and it's too heavy for me. I was like, I hear that in very specific voices when you say that. And I'm just going to very casually, hey, have you heard my episode with Shauna Williams? 
I think you should listen to it specifically like, you know, an hour in or so. <laughs> Just like somewhere around there is great. Uh, okay. Um, before I let you go, before I release people to the wilds of your website and your Instagram and all of that, if you have to leave general listener with a piece of advice, if you could boil down your path into one good chunk of gold, what do you think that piece of advice would be? Is to as quickly as possible and with the fever of a drowning being, have a deep soul connected relationship with yourself, sacrificing nothing to get there, like being fully with it, fully there and not um, allowing other people to take away from that power and that relationship and be fully committed to that. And then all other relationships can flourish and can grow and can be fertile. But first, it's like really owning and knowing our truth and our power and having a deep, connected relationship with ourselves. Okay. And my tagline, remember that you are holy, which means that you are whole. Remember that you are holy, which means that you are divine. And remember that you are innocent, which means you are pure, that nothing, no one, nothing can take that away. I was waiting for it. I was like, I know it's in there. I've heard it. I feel it. I was going to ask you about being holy. And then I was like, I trust it. She's going to bring it up. She's going to say it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So if people want to sign up for your total freedom protocol, if they want to learn more about your weekend immersion, if they want to become your new best friend, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Yes. So first and foremost, my website, www.mysticalminister.com. Now I'm like recalling a deja vu of me trying to spell this, but I'm going to spell it for y'all. It's M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-L-M-I-N-I-S-T-E-R.com. And then you can find me on Instagram, which is the preferred social media. And it's I am Shauna, S-H-A-U-N-N-A underscore Williams with an S on the end. And then I have my podcast, Divine Queries, on most major outlets for podcasting. So check that out. Yeah. And all of those links will be in the episode notes below. So go click on them, go explore, go get yourself some magic. Shauna lights up my social media all the time. Go do it. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate you being ominous with me. Uh, And I look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah. And thank you so much for your time and this space and creating this container for this conversation. And thank you listeners for listening. And if you feel called, please reach out to me because I'm here to support you. All right, all right. That was my conversation with Shauna Williams. Huge shout out to Shauna for being such an amazing guest. Her and I battled it out against Mercury Retrograde quite a bit to bring this episode to you. So thank you, Shauna, for being so understanding and again, such an amazing guest. If you want to check out Shauna's programs, offerings, and events, head on over to mysticalminister.com. If you are specifically interested in her 90-day total freedom protocol, make sure that you mention Let's Be Omnist when you sign up for a special gift. You can also check out Shauna on Instagram at IamShauna underscore Williams. While you're out there checking social media, take some time to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find me at The Diviner Life. Be sure to take some time to subscribe to Let's Be Omnist so that you know all about the latest episodes. Like next week, I have a super special episode headed your way. 
Next week, I will be chatting all about my work with small spirits or insect spirituality for those of you that may not know about Small Spirit Studios. And I will be chatting with the Small Spirit Studios co-founder, Hannah Lee. It's a super mushy and really emotional episode, so make sure that you tune in. Thanks for listening. Remember to share with your friends, your family, your neighbors, or whoever else you come in contact with today. Don't forget that I love you. I appreciate you. And until next time, be true, be you, be omnist. <laughs>